Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. Welcome back everyone to the Two Bald Guys Podcast. I'm Langdon DeMint and I'm here with my dear compadre, Jules. How are you, buddy? Did 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 you feel the need to bring in some kind of sort of Spanish speak because of the uh, kind of Spanish looking moustache that you've got going on there, Langdon? Mondale, mm-hmm, you know I will be honest. It just kind of came to me when I was talking <laughs> when I was talking. But I'm glad you noticed this. This was a so for those of you that might not be watching on the video, I have grown a goatee, and it was the request of my uh, my five year old who wanted a full beard. And after about five days, I started noticing a little itch you know when you move your head to the left and the right so i shaved that but she wanted me to keep this so it's here for now but the younger child and the wife are not fans so we'll see how that goes um especially as we're coming up to a certain time of year Joel's. do you know what special romantic time we're approaching now well for me and you or well, I mean, you know, hey, it could be either way. Yeah. Well, we both will probably be in the same boat afterwards. So it's, it's the V-Day. It's the special it, it Valentine's is, it, Day. It is. And and I do have a, a history of failure, Langdon, I have to say, when it comes to, to Valentine's Day. So it, it's good that you give me a heads up there because it kind of, I'll maybe put something in the diary now to remind me to, to do the card, to do the present. Yeah. I could see that, you know, I I feel like whenever I'm with you and you know, I talk to Caroline, it seems like that's just one element of failure that you experience. You know, I, <laughs> there, there, are, there are there are several points of failure that get get pointed out fairly regularly. <laughs> there's just so. one thing I feel, you know, this has come to me right now that she and I really have one area that we can bond on. No, no, no. I think I think we don't need to put that out in the public <laughs> arena. I think we, we won't go there. One day we will talk about this. One day we'll, one day we'll talk about it. And that. it will be, uh, just a little tidbit, it will be on the housekeeping special. Hygiene, that's all, I think. Hygiene, I think. Hygiene is a good, yeah. That's all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'll okay. say. But okay. in the hopes of not having a certain failing for both of us, I feel like this is very fitting that we talk about failure today. What do you think? I think it'd be good to talk about failure. Failure fa- and failure—is it a good thing or a bad thing, Langdon? Let's let's have a let's have a chat about that. I yeah. think we can do that and expand on how do we actually define failure historically, and then maybe even the aspect of of redefining failure for how we can move forward within organizations. And I would I would say that pretty regularly. It's easy to see failure as as failure. I mean, you think about it from grade school. What what were you? I don't. Well, I'm sitting here saying that I don't know what your grades. You know, our grades we would have A, B, C, D, F. If you got an F, that was failure. Yeah, failed. So, so if, if we're going to talk failure, Langdon, I think what one potential point of failure is is trying to record a podcast when you've got a small child making noise in the background. I, I was hoping that it wouldn't be that loud. So, yes, she um, she had a rough night. We've got some, you know, the snots and you know how it is, a little coughing. And last night she had some drainage. So I was hoping you wouldn't hear 
her knocking and banging on the door. But <laughs> she loves. I, I, I'm I'm loving I'm loving it. It's 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 showing we're authentic, Langdon. This yes. is a really authentic podcast. We're not we're not doing it in some fancy studio somewhere. So keep it real, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. So let's talk about failure. Um, and I think one of the points we we, we talked when when we were sort of thinking about this, we we talked about this. We talked about failing to fail, didn't we? Um, which might sound a bit a bit bizarre, um, but I think it's one of the things you've always sort of talked about is the importance of actually failing safe, but actually learning from the failures that we do have in an organisation. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, and I'll, we'll get to that. I think kind of this conversation goes how we, we we kind of carry this story. But when we think of failure, you know, I was talking earlier about grades. I mean, I'm look, I've gotten an F before, you know, or whether you're playing golf or whatever it is, if you've missed the putt or you lost the tournament, as, to some extent, those are failures. And how do we how do we typically think about those, and especially in a, a work environment? Is a failure a incident? Is it a incident with loss? Is it a near miss? Is it a massive you know, property issue? Whatever. And I would question that because how do we, how should we, view, well, I guess one, how do we typically view those? And then how, how should we view those failures? You know, I, I can speak from my perspective. There's a lot of times we have failures in organizations and we don't view it as a failure until there is a loss. You know, how about what, what's your thoughts on that from your past experience also? I think, uh, I, I think there's a danger that, that failure is perceived in, in, in such a negative way and, and not in a positive way that actually people don't want to report it. So people just don't, if, if they can avoid it, they don't report it. Um, we've talked about it many times before, the classic case of, unless there's an ambulance rocking up at the front door and it's unavoidable, people don't report stuff. And they report it, they don't report it because of the culture. So so t- to me, when we start to think about what is failure, we need to broaden out our thinking a bit. And actually, actually we need to take a look at our organization and look at what's going on in the organization and actually say, actually, things like, if the culture's not right, that's a failure, yeah? If, if, if the, the leadership approach and mentality is not right, that's a failure. Um, because actually all of these things, it's, it's like a, 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 I suppose, a waterfall effect, isn't it? That they all, they all sort of have a, a knock on in terms of the way that people behave and the way that people do things. And, and the danger is if we're too constrained in terms of what we think of as failure, Actually, we're we're missing more opportunities to change things and, and improve things. Yeah, well, and exactly. And you saying that kind of makes me think. You know, BBS or behavior based safety, when it came about, it was trying to you know fix the person. It was thinking the workers are. I'm not going to say workers were failures. I'm not going to go that extreme, but th- there were problems that were arising from that. So if we can understand the behaviors better, if we can work on that. We can reduce failure, you know, blah, blah, blah. Good stuff. But then it kind of shifted now. And I think that's where you look at some of the experts from the perspective of human performance, because exactly what you said, and we don't have to go down this tangent fully, but even when the culture's right, it's scary because if you know that you have 
failed on something that's perceived as a failure. And we make realistically, you know, whatever verb you want to use, but we probably make many failures a day or many mistakes or many, whatever, whatever verb um, you choose to use. There is a fear always of saying, if, if I messed up on something, there's a fear of telling my super or management, you know, hey, this happened because you you have a fear of what are the repercussions or the adverse effects that come from that failure, whether it be warranted or unwarranted, honestly. And I think that's something we have to try to, we have to overcome on multiple fronts. One, the getting past the employee to being open to reporting that, but even more importantly, if you have an employee, if your management, you have an employee come to you with a failure or come to you with an issue, sorry, we need, how do we react to that? Is it the, you know, is it the blame cycle that, that we've talked about for so long? Is it the, you know, finger and getting upset and threatening? Or is it that aspect of we had a process that, that failed and in doing so, this adverse effect happened and now we have, you know, whatever, this issue. So it's very much mutualistic here that if if we can get management and and leaders throughout to be better engaged when when something happens, when a failure, quote unquote, is reported and myself as a or a frontline worker or myself as a safety manager, I mean, to a certain extent, when somebody if an issue happens, I take that personally because it was that. Um, inadequate training was that somebody missed something that we maybe we're doing everything right but there was just a little you know because that's all it is an incident so i think as we come over that we can start realizing that in doing that we're redefining what failure is and we're exactly to what you said we're having that culture where it is it's my favorite word it's better camaraderie to have that relation, you know. He's got he's got it in. He's I, got this I, word in. There it is. It only took me ten minutes, but you know what I mean. It, it is that. I don't know. It's that level of that human performance. Everybody, the workers, employees are powerful. You know, as as humans, we are powerful tools, quote unquote. That. You know, it's not always a failure because I chose, you know, to our maturity model, I chose something wrong or I did something purposefully. But how do we define that so we can learn from it? And I think, I think on on that same point is it can be really subtle things sometimes, can't it? Um, I mean, you think about the there's that that well known phrase, isn't it, that leaders like to like to come out with, which is failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. Well, I, th- I think I-, I would suggest to leaders actually to change that phrase to failure is a reality. Yeah, if failure is a reality in business, in safety, in-, in all walks of life. We will get things wrong. We'll make mistakes. We'll-, we'll-, we'll do things that don't work. And actually, the really critical thing in a, in a really successful organization is actually people aren't then scared of sticking their hand up and saying it failed. Yeah, because actually you, th- you think about your entire life as a human being, your entire life as a human being is about learning from failure. So right from being a young kid, you, you think about, I mean, we've both got kids. Mine are a bit bigger and a bit older and a bit stupider than yours. But <laughs> Mine um, just haven't matured to that level yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but we, you, t- you tell your kids, don't do that. 
don't touch the hot thing, don't touch the paint, yeah? And 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 invariably, what they're going to do, the first time they're going to go, oh, he told me not to do that, I'm going to try it, yeah? Um, but we learn from failure, don't we? We touch that hot thing, and then it tells our brain that hurts, I don't want to do it again. And you might have a longer-term effect if you've got a bit of a blister or something. But we learn from failure, don't we? We We, we spend our whole lives learning from failure. And yet we then get into the workplace and in the workplace we're told we're not allowed to fail. Yeah. Um, and you show me a business, you show me any organization that's got a track record with no failure in it. They don't exist. Yeah. They do not exist. And, 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 and the key thing is that actually we learn from it. There's a, there's this, there's, there is a story and I, and I don't know how much of a, of a sort of how much of it is, is, is sort of made up or, or whether it's, it's, it's true, but I think it's a true story. And it's about an IBM executive who who made a mistake that cost IBM $100,000. Um, and, and he walked into his boss's office and, and pretty much proffering his, his resignation, saying, look, this I've made this mistake and I appreciate you're probably going to get rid of me now. And his boss said, what do you mean get rid of you? He said, you owe us $100,000. He said, you, 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 you're part of this organization. And, and your challenge now is you stay here and actually you, you make the profit, you make the money that actually recoups that money that we've just lost. Yeah. Um, really great story and, and really great approach, isn't it? Is actually because we learn from that, don't we? Um, and, 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 and if you think about safety, I suppose the key thing in safety is, is having the systems, having the processes in place that we, we don't fail in a way that is catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I have a story, too. It was, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ricky Bobby. He always said, if you're not first, you're last. But there's a pivotal scene at the very end with his dad in the road where he's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You could be second, you can be third. Heck, you could be fifth. And I say that jokingly, but at the same time, there's truth behind that because of what exactly what you said. We, we think failure is not an option. Failure is an option. It doesn't have to be a choice, but you're probably going to fail at some point. So to what we talking about earlier and to that last point you just made, how can we then redefine failure and think about it from that perspective of failing safely? Because we know failure is going to happen, but when it does happen, our main goal is to ensure that it happens to a minimally invasive way so it's it, at least in an acceptable manner i mean you you know we we talk about it as incidents happen every day people make mistakes every day processes fail every day but how many of those now result in a serious injury or, or fatality or some pro- massive property loss but if we can start putting in the proper controls and thinking about failures from a perspective of you know crap happens Excuse the the word. It's better than the alternative. But when when it happens, how can we ensure that it it is acceptable? And I think that's where as organizations as we can get to as we can get to, to better, we start realizing we're redefining what failure is. And in the process, we're even redefining health and safety and processes and such because we can learn from failures. You know, you think of so many catastrophic incidents that have happened over the last 50 years 
and many of them, now some of them have been truly, you know, non-recoverable. But there have been a lot that some of the safest companies in the world, those are those that have had continual incidents. They've had continual failures and they've learned from it. And now they're the safest in the world. It's not because they've never experienced it. I mean, how you you play golf. You told me the other day you, you took a golf lesson and I've taken many. I'm taking a golf lesson when I do it because I have made many failures and I'm trying to perfect from that. You know, so how can we learn and not try to focus just on it because we we think that we should not, but instead we're learning from past mistakes. I think uh, it's, it's a really interesting point. It takes us off a, a slight tangent, Langdon, is is for, for, for many years I was a, a golf hacker, so I never had a lesson. I, I, I never had a lesson until probably two years ago, three years ago. Um and I, th- I think there's a, a really a, a sort of a, a, important analogy to safety here, which is when things went wrong on the golf course, I didn't know why they were going wrong and I couldn't put it right. Um, and again, it's the same thing in safety. Actually, people might be failing and not even realising the failing or not understanding why they're failing because they're not educated them. So again, we've got a failure in terms of our our sort of education of people. So I think... I think that's quite an important point. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was was the reaction t- to failure, um, and 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 I suppose I, I've got this this mentality of actually if if there is a failure around health and safety, it's always a failure of process. Yeah, so it it might be the training that we've done of people, it might be the education of leadership, the management of safety, but it's a failure of process. Don't blame the individual unless there's something absolutely negligent happened or deliberate happened. Don't blame the individual um, because, and again, back to the IBM story. If you blame the individual, actually, we, we we don't improve, we don't get better. Actually, we just lose some talent, and they they go to another organisation. And I think it it, it kind of relates as well to so much of the stuff we've talked about over the over the sort of the past few months, where we've talked about things like culture our reaction to failure will have a direct correlation to the culture of the organization. Because if every time somebody sees a failure happen, and then they see the hammer come down on the individual who's been involved with that failure, actually, it destroys culture. It deters people from reporting things. It deters people from talking about things. And, and, and probably it's going gonna, it's gonna to result in people leaving the organization. So our reaction to failure is, is is a really, really critical thing to be thinking about. For sure. And that's the, you know, I wish we could show an image. Maybe we can. I don't know our art here. But <laughs> but the blame cycle, you know, that that's yeah. what it is. And it's, I mean, it's not groundbreaking. I know I've used it for a number of years, but it's that whole, if we blame a worker and then communication fails, and then management awareness suffers, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it goes all the way around. Whereas if we just look at it from a process failure, and you know sometimes they're they're bad apples. I mean, but even that's still a process failure because what led to that and should we have hired them or you know whatever you can go down that rabbit hole. But I, I totally agree. It's thinking about how we can shift that thought because of something you just said. Also, negativity in any organization, if you constantly focus on failures, is is truly bad. What's a negative? If, if all we do is focus on the negative, what's that going to do to the workplace? 
Absolutely. Toxic. Yeah. You know, yep. and that's, yep. and I've been, I've been there before in environments that turned very toxic and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. It, they can finally do something good and you're thinking, well, this is bull. What's the reason behind this? There's something bad come, you know, and I, I think it is to that. So it, it's thinking about it from that perception of let's, let's view health and safety in all aspects of, of improvement. You know, it's not just about it's not just about having a failure and then realizing we shouldn't have done that or whatever mistake. But let's learn from this so we can get better. Um, and I think leadership has to be heavily involved in that, just like frontline worker, because that's where safety is. But very much working together fluid. And that's when you start seeing that there is added value to having any type of health and safety program. If if we don't have good reporting of near misses, let's say, is that a failure or is that maybe we haven't made that focus and that's a new area. And there's always, there's always room to grow. I think that's something we, we can't get caught up in when we think of safety as that end goal. It's not, you know, it's a continual journey. Just then when you, just when you've had no incidents, okay. All it takes again is flip second. You've had incidents again. You've had another massive failure. Um, so no, I, I agree. I think it's just trying to, Think about that from a perspective of making health and safety really ingrained throughout. So we have safe operations. So when failures do, we, we can manage. Yeah, we learn from it. We move on. And and I think going back to the point we made earlier about actually view 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 failure as this broader thing and, and encompassing more things. And I think one of the biggest sort of safety failures is is just one of simply a perception. So from a shop floor, the perception of the importance of safety, maybe at a leadership level, the perception that actually safety costs um, and actually trying to change that perception. If we can change that perception to one of actually safe, safety doesn't cost, safety pays, actually all of a sudden we get some very different behaviours from leadership in terms of their support around safety and also the reaction to when things do go wrong. Um, because again, if you think about it, it might, it might be that we have an incident on a production line. Actually, if we learn from that incident, we, we might actually fundamentally end up with a different approach to running that production line that becomes more efficient. Yeah. Um, and, and again, we've talked about it so often. If, if we can create this safe working environment where people feel comfortable and they feel valued, you retain your people. So again, in terms of that, Safety doesn't cost; it pays. Um, actually, we, we we reduce the costs around things like employee employee recruitment, employee training, employee inductions, uh, and we actually get more productive people. We get people who want who have been there for longer. They understand our processes better, and they just work more efficiently and they deliver better quality. Yep, you know, and I love that the safety doesn't cost; it pays. I did an article on that years ago, and when you think about it. Even if it, even if you don't want to view it as such, safety doesn't safety does have cost realistically. But you know what? Those costs are still going to be a lot less than the alternative. So that's how it can pay. You know, so it's and sometimes it you have to sometimes leadership, finance, you know, financial aspect, others they might view it as such. It, okay, it is a cost. Everything's a cost, but it outweighs and it's much of a it's a lot less of a cost. Then the alternative, you know, you can use the OSHA safety pays calculator. And, and that's just a 
fairly basic where they use a lot of workers' insurance um, costs and such. And you start seeing the iceberg example where you, you know, you it looks like, oh, we only had $5,000 on this incident. Well, in actuality, you start thinking of all the indirect. I mean, it just, and then you have to think of how much sales you have to make to cover that. Failures are expensive. And a lot of times, minimal failures, they're not. So that's why we have to transition into minimally, you know, acceptable levels. How can we make it as acceptable as possible? Yeah. Just, I'm just going off at a slight tangent again because something just came into my mind as, as you were talking about that. And, See how we work together. Um, I don't know whether you, in, in the States, in, in the UK, quite often, if you're driving down a, a, a motorway and there's maybe some big, big roadworks going on, they'll have a big sign there. The big sign's maybe got a picture of, 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 of a worker in the high-vis jacket and the, and the hard hat because everyone wears a high-vis and a hard, hard, hard hat, don't they? Mm-hmm. And it says... However many hundred days since 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 our last accident, yeah, um, and 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 again, I often drive past those and think, actually, again, when we think about today's subject, it's deterring people from learning from failure, because actually we end up with a culture there where people don't want to report the small stuff, because they don't want to spoil the number that's on the board in front of all those drivers. We don't have to reset that number to zero again and start again. Yeah. So no, it's, so, we do yeah. the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's little things like that, isn't it? And uh, so I suppose, I suppose, sort of drawing things to a to a conclusion here. Um, we we don't want a broad brush. We don't want to sort of be too prescriptive with suggestions to people. But I think again, as we're sort of moving through twenty twenty three, maybe maybe sort of do a bit of a failure assessment of your organisation, thinking about some of those things that we've talked about. So not just thinking about actually things that have happened in terms of incidents, but actually thinking about those other areas. So things like what, what's your, what's your cultural maturity like? Yeah. Are people, do people understand the value of safety at a shop floor level? What's the leadership engagement like with safety? Yeah. Uh, What's the reaction like if there is some kind of a failure, do you have the right reaction that, that, that drives better behaviors sort of if, if there is some kind of, um, in incident that does occur. So it's thinking of trying to look at your organization and say, right, again, where are these opportunities? Reflect back on, on the conversation with Ed Clancy, back to marginal gains. What are those small things, those small tweaks that we might want to change that, again, deliver better performance for us? Yeah, and and I think it does go to that whole element of the perception. How do we view, you know, how do we view failures? How do we, how do we actually address those? What what type of failures to what you just said, what, what are we actually looking at? Yeah. Um, and getting that better understanding of, of what is happening in the workforce. That That's one of the, to me, the best yeah. things that we can do. And especially this year when we, you know, we're transitioning, we think about SIFs or serious injury fatalities. We think about still trying to minimize it. It's let's look at what's happening. What are some yeah. major incidents that could happen and let's pick out some of those. That's what, you know, the greats, of, you know, the Todd Conklin, Sidney Decker, so many, that's what they're, you know, a lot of when they're talking about the human performance, it's thinking about it from this perspective. Yeah. yeah it's, and, it, and it's so interesting, isn't it? When you, you think about what leads to failure, we've, t- we've touched upon it, haven't we? We think about it as, as actually it's, it's that overall process will lead to failure. 
examine your processes and what are those what are the things whether it's training whether it's actually the process itself whether it's the management within that process what are the things that could lead to failure sitting within that process yeah and maybe get get the individuals at the sharp end involved in 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 that as an exercise because they're the people with the with the best knowledge yeah yeah and really just remember i think this is the best way to close and it just came to me just fail safely fail safely fail safely so so my my biggest takeaway from the pod is i'm going to fail safely now now i'm not going to fail safely and i will get caroline the Valentine card, and it'll be there on the morning. It'll be ready. Good job. I'm, I'm yeah. right behind you. <laughs> I won't be scrabbling around for that last-minute card, the last one in the shop. Yeah, but it is fun when you go to stores and you see all the other guys. You know, it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to reach for that same card. Yeah. Well, everyone, we appreciate your time and uh, look forward to talking to you soon once again. And remember, everyone, watch your backs out there. Stay safe and feel safe with Hey everyone, really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evotix.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and in the review section of this podcast, if you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone... While you're going about your days and about your normal lives, stay safe out there and watch each other's back. <laughs>